Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm excited to be back. Um, I want to welcome everybody that's out there to Dragon Drive show presented by our friends at Summit Racing. Can't thank them enough for coming on board to do this and the news, the Dragon Drive news on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern and podcasts are coming. I've always I've done more than 150 podcasts. Uh, we just have not, I have not been cutting this content down for podcast formats, and we're going to start doing that. So welcome to the Dragon Drive Show, April 5th, 2023. My name is Michael Narks. I run dragondrive.com and the Dragon Drive Addiction brand and Facebook page, Facebook group, I guess. Um, we have social media everywhere under drag-in-drive. Eric White is my co-host. Eric, tell them about yourself, sir. Sir. Uh -huh. I am Eric White. I run 815 LSX Swaps and Motorsports Paparazzi. Being the Dragon Drive World Champion presented by Dragon Drive Addiction and Summit Racing that is going to be awarded at PRI 2023. We're very, very close. We have Summit uh, is getting the email tomorrow to sign off on the rules and the points packages. We've gone over that a couple different times. We probably won't go over that today. This is a huge boost for the community, but also for the racer that is going to win this. It's going to be a great package. And the all the additional stuff that we're going to do surrounding the PRI Dragon Drive Awards, uh, again, presented by Summit Racing. They are stepping in. They're jumping in. They're not stepping in. They're jumping in two feet knee deep uh, in dra Dragon Drive community. I think they're at almost every Dragon Drive event. I know every national event. And, uh, and all that. I see our friend Rick Dodge in here. He is the man. I've been bouncing ideas off of him all week. I want to start the show off by saying congratulations to our friends at Sweet Patina, race car friends over there. Guys, you can now buy their products at summitracing.com. It's so exciting that they have worked so very, very hard over many years to get that product built to where now you have the world's largest automotive parts retailer selling their products within the within the community and in the stores and online. Uh, it's really awesome. So congratulations to Blake and all those guys over there. I was actually talking to him the other day. We have something special that we're doing for the circuit racers that are also with Sweet Patina. So it's pretty exciting. I want to thank him for coming on board. Obviously, he sponsors the Built for Dragon Drive segment. We'll do their ad read here in just a few minutes. Uh, dude, I, let's jump in. We'll do event countdown and news to kind of kick the show off, give some people some time to jump in here. Uh, we do have some guests on tonight. We'll talk about them first. We have Jared Holt on with King of the Open Road Dragon Drive events. <laughs> and then hopefully we have uh, Javier with that racing channel on because they are the presenting sponsor of King of the Open Road. I think that would be really cool. Guys, I want you to know from, from the deepest part of my heart, the the world champion racer is, while it is fun, it is also huge for the sport. I mean, we are, this is truly going to put a bigger spotlight on the drag and drive community. We know we've seen huge growth in the last 18 months 
It'll only get more and more as we increase to, or as we increase these kind of eyeballs on everyone. There are a lot of people in the, you know, magazine community in the online community that are now talking about drag and drive and doing drag and drive uh, speed tv is now, speed tube tv is now bringing their own car on drag week which i think will help a ton and we have worked out some rev share programs with them so you'll actually be able to watch some of the drag and drive addiction content over there that'll be special so that is coming up as soon as I can finish some of the video edits, which, all right, let's talk about event news now. Drag and Drive event news. Guys, Southeast Street Neat is happening right now. It is like literally going on right now. There are people still at the track when I talked to Jesse Fox a little bit ago, who is going to be on a little bit later. Um, he's actually en route to the first route stop of the day because they spent so much time at the track tonight or I guess this afternoon. So he's headed to the, to the route stop one now, and he will be on later to kind of tell us some stories about the event. Again, there have been some serious passes laid down. Uh, Devin Vanderhoof has laid down some four forties in the white Mustang that he brought on sick week that he is prepping for Midwest drags and hot rod drag week. So that car's pretty intense. He'll, you know, change up a few things to go quarter mile racing at Midwest Drags and, and Hot Rod Drag Week. So that's exciting. That event's going on right now. The circuit, our own event, is in nine days. Um, beginning to get very anxious. Uh, Eric's coming down. It'll be fun hanging out with him for a few days. Gonna put him on the camera and uh, he'll, our, our goal is for him to, because we're not doing a live stream with the event, so our goal is to be able to grab hopefully two or three videos a day, just some simple stuff. And then once we get done with the event, I'll edit down some big, long, you know, really what you want to watch type videos. Uh, Cruise and Lose in Lincoln, Nebraska is 16 days from now. And then King of the Open Road, again, the event that Jared Holt and Javier uh -oh. put on. Well, I'm out of order. It. You're good. Oh, oh, you have six summer next? Yep. Okay, six summers in 61 days uh, starts right up by Eric. He will actually be there for the Dragon Drive Addiction content creator. We certainly appreciate him going out of his way to, to spend some time at those tracks and, uh, and gather content for us. Now, my plan during that, because I will be at Summit Racing Autocross Week the same week, uh, we're going to do a live stream hopefully every morning or evening, maybe every evening, depending on what the schedule looks like best for Eric and I to be able to sit still for about 30 minutes and can update, you know, he can tell us what, what happened during the day and things like that. So that'll be a little different. We'll do a long format Wednesday night episode, but then every day will be your daily dose of drag and drive sometime during the day. We don't know. We're going to have to kind of play that out and play it, play it by ear. Um, King of the open road, uh, 52 days, May 27th and 28th um, in Oklahoma city. Uh, Summit Racing Midwest Drags, which again, I'm pit announcing at, uh, that is in 96 days starting July 10th, and it's at Virginia Motorsports Park. You can find all of these events on the dragondrive.com page. Go to the news tab, and then you can flip through, and you'll. it's one of the first two or three articles. As events come up and uh, updates happen and things like that, people add websites to their stuff. Um, I go in and I update that and then make it a new article. So uh, I see Dirty Panda in here saying hashtag race car friends. Yes, that is something that we are working on as well. We've been talking about sponsors as our race car friends. Um, I've, I've hinted about Patreon in the past. I think we may be moving forward with something like that as well, just because we're, we want to take this to the next level and being able to 
hire folks like Eric to attend events and other photographers attend other events that maybe I'm not able to, to be at, you know, we'll need some support from the community. So obviously we're, we're doing what we can guys. I, uh, it's, it's been pretty overwhelming the amount of support we've had. So Carolina drag cruise has open spots and summit racing Midwest drags has open spots. You can find those, you can find information and registration links and all that kind of stuff at uh, midwestdrags.com or carolinadragcruise.com. I will say being part of the team on the uh, production team anyway for Midwest drags has been really eye opening the amount of work that goes into these events. So it's really cool. And, uh, to see kind of the back, the backstory of that. I do want to give a few updates. I see uh, Jared jumped in here in the back. Um, the circuit we have, obviously there's been a few racers that have fallen out. I'm going through the wait list as we speak after this event, I'll be, or after this live stream, I'll be emailing more wait listers. So if you are a wait lister, please get ready. You're going to be getting an email very soon. And then I met with the cruise night location today, actually, and we have reserved 400 parking spots for the cruise night. So there are a ton of local people that are coming to that. I'm really excited to see how Northwest Arkansas and Northeast Oklahoma, uh, Southwest Missouri shows out at the event. It's going to be really fun to have a drag and drive that is not racing every day. So this will be the last year we set up with this format, which is drag race on Friday, cruise night on Saturday, drag race on Sunday, 2024, we will be drag race, drag race, drag race, all of it, all over. So um, one of the route stops I am very excited about, I'm taking ice cream out to the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter. I'm pumped because everybody's going to get ice cream. Everybody's going to have fun. We're all going to talk to volunteers from the shelter. And then, you know, the kids are going to be pressed against the glass when you start talking about having 100 cars come through that facility, 125 cars come through that facility in an afternoon. Those kids are going to be absolutely blown away by what we're going to do. And we encourage our racers and co-pilots just hang out for a few minutes. Again, that is Joplin, Missouri, Smokin' Mocan Dragway, uh, April 14th. We're racing April 15th. We are at Pinnacle Hills Promenade in Rogers, Arkansas for the cruise night from 4 to 8 p.m. And then Sunday, we are back at Mocan. You can find more at thecircuitdnd.com. Dude, let's bring Jared on here. Jared, hey, what's up, going? dude? What's up, guys? Sorry, right here. Uh, a little bit <laughs> with my kids, so I'm kind of sick. Yeah. Totally. But we're glad to have you tonight. It's exciting. Well, I so. appreciate you guys. And I tried to call Javier, but I believe he is filming in South Florida right now, so he's not going to yeah. so. Hey, that's what happens when you have a wildly successful YouTube channel. <laughs> Yeah, he is uh he's a busy, busy man, that is for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But you're a busy guy too, man. I follow a ton of your stuff. You were at Texas 2K, you were getting ready for the largest year you've ever had with King of the Open Road. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty wild. It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, Texas 2K didn't go as uh we had wanted, but you know, the weather had a large part in that. It rained Wednesday, yep. Thursday, Friday, and then it sleeted Saturday. So we didn't get a lot of passes. Mm -hmm. But you know, that what can you do? You can't do anything about weather. Um, but yeah, we're gearing up to, uh, have an absolute, uh, just crazy, crazy big King of the Open Road in May. I mean, the, when we announced, uh, opening, I believe it was uh, April 1st at 8 AM, we sold yep. 35 more spots than we did the year before. And yes. we're three days in now, we are sending in about 170 racer spots out of the 250 we're going to take. So Dude, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. We changed some things this year and. You know, that was one of the big deals with me bringing TRC and Javier on board was I needed that extra push because yep. they are 
so big and their their marketing and their reach is just so much larger than mine. And truth be told, Javier is really good at doing a lot of things that I'm not. You know, I'm more of a racer. You know, I just want to get out there, you know, do the cruise. And he's much better at the the behind the scenes stuff, the website and the folk page. And, you know, he built us a new website, kingofopenroad.com. And, you know, he set up all the folk information. And he's just he's just such he's just a big asset to us um, as yep. a partnership for that King of the Open Road deal. Well, and, you know, the videos he puts out are amazing. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you can find that racing channel and go in there and watch the video from last year's event. I mean, dude, it, it was great. And it really shows the heart and soul of that event, which is always cool. You know, I, I intend to attend uh, this year again. Right. So I was at both of them last year, but I only came for the racing on the on the fall one. And it was cold. My goodness. Dude. Hey, it made for a great day of racing, though. You know what I mean? A lot, lot of fast stuff. Oh, my God. It was brutal. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Tina Pierce went 7-2 at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Set open road record there. Um, I think she's going to have her uh, – she's going to have some competition this time. I've been uh, – obviously, my background's with, like, World Cup finals and TX2K. So, we're really trying to tap into those kind of racers to do the Dragon Drive. You know, like yep. – the- Odo and the T1 race development and the Cicero performance and some of those bigger, some of those bigger shops that can offer to their client um, something those guys have never been involved with. You know, they're typically, yeah. you know, they have their cars prepped by these shops. Um, they have it brought to the track. The owners will fly in and race them and then the owners will fly home and the guys will take the, uh, the car back to the shop for the next round of upgrades. Well, those yeah. guys looking for the next thing you know they're looking for a way they can go out and drive their cars and enjoy it and what better way than do dragon drives so we're oh, yeah really working towards that and you know a little birdie told me that nth moto may be bringing the kratos viper which is you know the gen 5 viper that goes 680s at 220 miles an hour so if Bring he brings it on the open road it's going to be really really cool yeah, I, and that's exciting because, like the, I think the level of people you know and you your reach gets to, is you know that next level of racer that we're looking for in these kind of events. Like that's what it's going to take to get more six second cars out there and a wider range, other than just necessary. You know, maybe not all the twin turbo big block stuff. You know, we're yeah. going to see like RLSs. You know, you know my my wheelhouse where I started it all was I was a roll racer. I mean, I had a twin turbo Viper that made 16 and 1500 wheel. And, you know, I do the Texas Invitational and the TX2K and then obviously street stuff. And, you know, those guys have progressed in the roll racing. Like T1 had a GTR that just went 237 miles an hour in the roll race. And the roll race was only like 1100 feet. I mean, wow. bananas how fast those roll race cars are getting. And, you know, I progressed into drag racing and, uh, you know, I still like to have fun, but those guys are getting to where they can drag race roll race cars now. You know, yep. a lot of one R8s and Huracons and all those guys can literally drive to the grocery store like a stock car, run 750 at 195, and yep. you know, put pump gas in it and drive it around. And, yep. you know, that, that's exactly right. If we can get a lot of those guys to indulge into the drag and drive culture and the lifestyle, because I think they're going to really be blown away by how much fun it is. Because at the end of the day, man, when you go to these events and you made, I don't know, let's say you get to drive your car 60 seconds for the whole week. I mean, you're only yep. making seven second passes. It's real expensive and it kind of gets old. So, uh, you know, I think these guys can go out and cruise a couple hundred miles in one day or maybe do a sick week or a Rocky Mountain race week or a drag week and get to do that for a week long. 
Like, how cool would that be? Those guys, those guys built cars for that. Like, it doesn't get yeah. more than that. So we're really trying to get a lot of those guys to come out and do coder. We're doing it in Oklahoma in May. We've got Tucson, Arizona in September. And then we've got Texas Motorplex and Ennis in November. And we've already got some other tracks locked in for 24. So we're we're really working hard right now to expand the King of the Open Road brands. And, you know, we, we're, we're just changing things up. And I'm not going to ruin it, but the the prizes and some of the gifts that for the winners this year are going to be really neat. I won't, I won't spoil it, but it's going to be really <laughs> awesome. I want to say it, but I, myself, I wouldn't. But we're going to have some really awesome prizes as well as payouts. So we're really just trying to take the level of the event to the next level. You know, it started off as a super grassroots, super simple deal through cruising Oklahoma. We did a one day cruise, cruised out to Hinton, raced on the streets. And everybody's like, this is a lot of fun. And then obviously, you know, we did another one and then another one. And now this one in May will be our first partnership with TRC. And we hope it can be, you know, twice as large as it was in November because Truth be told, with the weather as bad as it was in November, we still had a really damn good turnout. Super happy. You know, we had from side-by-sides and old tea buckets. And then, like, I saw Richard comment earlier, you know, him and some of his buddies drove all the way from Canada to come down and race. Yeah. You know, I think he brought that damn snow with him, though. <laughs> That's right. He brought the weather with him, for sure. And then, you know, Rich changes the the trans and the diff in the parking lot to drive back home. And here's what's crazy. He had the trailer available. He could have just jumped into, uh, uh, I don't think Evan. that vocabulary though. No, no, he, he doesn't, he doesn't understand that stuff. He, he doesn't know. And you know, if you have that car and you can drive it and you enjoy driving, it, it's comfortable. Why not? Why wouldn't you do Absolutely. that? Yeah. And then he, you yeah. know, no tires on it, mud flaps and drove the bitch back to camp. that's right that's right well let's talk about your car stuff because you have a very wide collection of cars um you you have a lot of really neat stuff what what would you say is your top top two or three cars that uh get the most of your time man that's a hard one um you know right now we're working hard on the green yoda supra to uh, hopefully have the opportunity to get back on street outlaws because you know the stuff that just filmed for the 405 show i was elected a captain i got to take a group of my friends and imports that i met through dragon drive through king of the open road through world cup finals in texas 2k and we went on the show and you know we did pretty well one of my team yeah. at all and a honda civic and what's really cool about that is now aaron has signed up to come race at king of the open road so he's going to come out and cruise the street car. He built another car that's pretty much a Twinkie to the Civic, but it's in a Prelude chassis. Um, no cage, going to like full street car deal. And he's going to come out. And that car should, I mean, realistically go high sevens, low eights, you know, at a 2.2 or 2.4 liter little force. <laughs> and, you know, to look at, you know, Murder Nova and Daddy Dave and all those guys, like they were blown away to see that Honda go as fast as it did. You know, yeah. because Chuck's an old school Honda guy. But uh, for us to go on there with some imports and, and make ripples in the water, uh, it was pretty cool. And so, yeah, that's one car that, you know, takes up a ton of my time. And then we're building another white Supra that is going to be our coder car. Um, I've already ordered the vanity plate for it, for it says coder. And, uh, you know, I've some of the partnerships that I have with the green car, Brian Crower and Manly and, you know, Precision Turbo and ETS and Nitrous Express, ATF transmission, same the same pedigree of parts that we took and we know work on the green car, we're moving into the white car. It's just not going to have a cage. It's not going to have a dry sump or a billet block, but it should still make 12 to 1300 wheel horsepower and probably still run bottom eights at 175 miles an hour with overdrive. So that car, I should literally be able to drive 
all over the country and make a ton of power and do it, you know, kind of in style. And then I actually just picked up my O2 ACR twin turbo Viper. Um, it'd been at a shop for a long time. Not really going to get into that. That was an ugly deal. Um, finally went and picked it up. Henson uh, Racing Engines, who also competed in Coder last year and sponsored, they have the motor. And it's going to be like a 550-inch deal, twin next-gen precisions, MoTeC, Gen 5 ACR training. That car was the first Viper back in like 2004 to ever go eights. And it was the first Viper to go 200 in the mile. Um, the original owner of it had pretty deep pockets and uh, he built that car and did some really wild things with it. And then an, a local buddy of mine named Andy Nelson bought it and then I got it from him. So it's kind of cool. That car has had a pedigree of racing its entire life. Like the guy yeah. bought it shop called ART in Austin, Texas, literally like at 80 miles at 80 miles. It became a race car. And, wow. uh, you know, and, you know, I've got Trans Ams and RX-7s and 3000 GTs and Stealths, and we're building a twin turbo Coyote Ford Lightning right now and uh, an old Bandit Trans Am with aluminum 5.3 turbo. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got some irons in the fire. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I'll always say I'm passionate about all cars, not just imports. You know, I, yep. I, uh, I like imports. It's where I start started at. But, man, I just I like all cars. Yeah. And I think that's one of my favorite things about you and the Coder event is because really you're, you're centrally located. You know, you had Rob Courtney come all the way from Pennsylvania in the all wheel yep. drive civic Yep, at the May awesome. event last year. I mean, like that event really brings out a ton of different kinds of cars and people. And I think, you know, I've, I preach it all the time, but the regional events, these weekender type events are what bring people is what is going to bring people into the community. Absolutely. And you take somebody that has, you know, a, a big inch, big turbo Viper, they may not think it can handle the week if they go to drag week or something. Right. Or Midwest drags. And then you come, they come out here and they do coder or the circuit or something. They're like, Oh, well that wasn't too bad. The car handled it just fine. I'm going to go try one of the big ones. Exactly. And they get that bug in their bit, right? Like, yeah. You know, I'll never give up Texas 2K. I'll never get up World Cup Finals. Those are the two Super Bowls of street car events for me. But you throw all the other events that are out there in the country, I would rather do drag and drives nine out of ten times. Like, I just yeah. about driving my car, man. I just, I like to get my yeah. buddy in the passenger seat, you know, maybe my kiddo here in the near future or my wife, and uh, hit the open road. And you just never yeah. know what curveball of a drag and drive is going to throw you. You know, last time you guys had me on, I mean, the first time I did a drag and drive was Rocky Mountain Race Week. You know, we took two well-prepped Supras, Geo's six-second Supra, my seven-second Supra, and we hit the open road. You know, mm -hmm. in three, day three, I was tied with Doug Cook in that 750 class, and I had him by a few hundredths, and, uh, you know, we ended up cracking the block. And before that, you know, I hit a family of armadillo or a raccoon. And before that, I hit armadillo, like, it was MacGyver and fixes on the side of the road. And, you yeah. know, that might not be for a lot of the guys, like I was mentioning earlier, like maybe some of the higher-end cars. Those guys probably aren't going to be working on their cars on the side of the road. But the deal is like drag and drive people in general, we're a different breed. We don't mind working on our cars on the side of the road. To me, it's what makes the experience the experience. If it goes like it should and you drive to every track and you get sleep every night and everything goes as planned, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that doesn't happen in this yep. industry. So, yep. I've, I've always said like, and Eric and I've talked about it too a bunch, you know, if if you have a late model car and it has air conditioning, you should not be able to turn your air conditioning on and you have to roll the windows down. You want know I mean? something yeah. that uh, let's, let's not make it as easy for those guys as, as it needs to be sometimes. The AC compressor off and then they have to run it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Well, uh, we definitely want to talk about some of the coder stuff and, um, 
you know, how, how did you get Coder started? You talked about a little bit of it there in the beginning with Cruz in Oklahoma, but like, I guess really my question is what, what made you go to that next step? What made you step out of Oklahoma city and do Tucson and uh, the Texas motorplex? Well, that was, uh, you know, me and Javier, you know, the TRC connection for me goes back to like, Oh my goodness, 2011, 12, maybe like right when him and Keith started TRC, uh, they reached out to me um, at TX2K. And back then there was a guy named Mullet who was kind of like the dick guy. He had like turbo four GTs and Lambos and he had this private meet and I got them in like under my wing. Right. And so since that point, like me and Javier have always been cool. You know, you, a lot of you guys may see that I do content for them. I'll host a lot of the street outlaw videos with murder Nova or, you know, Chuck or Ryan or whoever we're doing these videos with. So in my brain, I'm like, I can fill a race in Oklahoma. I can probably do it in Texas and Kansas, mm -hmm. but I don't have a following like I do in Oklahoma and Arkansas or in, you know, Arizona or wherever it may be. And TRC, their fan base is huge. You know, their videos yeah. viral as hell and they're all around the world. So I talked to Javier. I was like, look, I don't want to work in a car dealership my whole life. I am as, as passionate about race cars as anybody I know. And mm -hmm. uh, I want to bring this to more people. I want to bring parts of the country that don't have a drag and drive. You know, I want to bring this stuff to them and experience or expose this kind of racing to other people because Javier and TRC had never been to a drag and drive until November. He's like, dude, this is right. the most fun I've ever had in a car. Why aren't we doing more of these? I was like, let's do it. You know, that was kind of, I wouldn't call him a test, but like he came out, seen what it was about. And then from that point forward, we're like, we're doing this. We're just, if we don't do it, when we turn 50, we're just going to talk about it, man. That was a misnomer. Yeah. So we just, we're both, you know, in a financial position in life where we can throw some money at this deal. And so we kind of put our heads together, threw some money at it. And uh, man, I really think people are going to like the new format that we're going to do with the prizes and some of the, the gifts that we're going to give. And, you know, thing that I do that I, I honestly don't know if a lot of the other Dragon Drives do, but in these grab bags, I give out a ton of stuff. You know, Dietworks mm -hmm. gave me $15,000 of gift cards to give out this year. So we're going to just randomly put those in the bags because truth be told, like the guy who wins a class probably doesn't need a $300 gift card to help him get a set of injectors. But the guy that's like sixth place in the 13 index class, that $300 to him is going to go a hell of a long ways. So if yeah. well, and, and Hey, that 300 bucks may put that guy into the 12s at the next event. Correct. Yep. And you know, I like, that's one thing I, I always try to remember, like, everybody starts somewhere. I was a guy mm. with a 14 second, 3000 GT at one point, you know, like we all start somewhere. Like some of these guys, I feel like they get in the sixes or however fast they are. And they kind of forget where they come from. They don't forget what it's like to try to maybe pick up a 10th of a second when you're running an index class or what, you know, a tune and a set of injectors would do for you at some point in your, in your racing career. And so like we did that. So more people can get a prize, you know, like, kicker gives us bullfrog these badass bluetooth speakers and you know ampli amplifiers and this year like loves they're kicking a fuel cards like there's going to be close to five thousand dollars in those giveaway bags to those how cool and it's not just going to be for it could be the people that pay to come cruise with us not even the racers you know mm -hmm. and another thing we implemented last year was the token you know i wanted another way to make it different i you know a lot of events do pictures or whatever it may be but we are like let's do a token that token will be a, a memorable keepsake that they'll keep forever. And yep. it's their ticket to race. And if they make the drive, we have a checkpoint set up in town. You, we, we scratch their name off the list. That's their token. Don't lose that bastard because that's your ticket to race. Um, you know, a guy did that last year. And, you know, of course, like I helped him figure it out. But 
Yeah, if you're racing coder and you lose that ticket, that is literally your tech card. Um, but, wow. you know, we just, we just try to implement new things. And, you know, I'm a history buff. So I implant, implement a ton of history in the cruises. You know, we had our uh, checkpoint that last year was at the Chickasaw National Cultural Center and uh, Tishomingo, which was actually the old capital for the Chickasaw Nation. And this wow. year, I won't really give it away, but we're going a completely opposite way of the state with, uh, I guess I'll say this. The checkpoint is a is a pre-1900s bank that is literally stuck in time. Like Bonnie and Clyde kind of bank where they got robbed. There's still bars on the windows. And so oh, wow. this town is opening up this bank for us. And they're allowing us to put a, t- and I mean, when I mean it's it's a time capsule, this thing hasn't been open since like the 40s. So like, wow. it's just crazy that we're going to be able to go into this old bank and just see the history, just the raw Oklahoma history around it. And yep. uh, you know, where we're going, like, Geronimo, the chief Geronimo is very close to this. And there's just so much cool history. And to me, doing the dragon drives, that's what it's about is uh, learning new things about the, the region that you're driving in. You know, when we go out to Arizona, Tombstone, Arizona is only an hour from Tucson. Like, you better well know that if you're going to go to uh, the Tucson event, we're going to Tucson. Because, <laughs> like, being from Oklahoma, I've never been to Tombstone. So I'm just, like, chomping at the bits to go out there and uh, see what Tombstone, Arizona is about. All the, yeah. you know, the OK Corral, the Doc Holiday stuff, like, you know, the Wyatt Earp. Like, that town has a ton of history. And I'm just a history freak. So I try to implement a lot of that into the King of the Open Road with the token and a lot of those things just to, to separate it from all the other dragon drives, you know? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the other dragon drives. I'm just trying to put my own spin on it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been awesome. I think you have, what, three Coder events this year? Yes. Um, I was just going to say, how many events do you think you can handle in a year? Um, we're going to try to get to uh, – Javier may disagree, but I want 10 events next year. Wow. Uh, I want to do 8 to 10 events in 24. Um, he's been working hard behind the scenes with some of his track connections. Um, and there's another guy that, you know, has helped him along the way that I don't, I've never met personally, but his name is Chris Harris. Chris Harris has got a long history down in the Florida. He was a general manager, I believe, at PBR. That's um, drag strip that got shut down in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And he's got, he does like the national roll racing stuff. He does a lot of bike promotional. The dude knows how to run a racetrack from prepping to the timing system to just everything about it. So Javier is bringing Chris on board as well to help everything run smooth. Because one thing that can give a, an event a black eye really quick is if you have one issue, whether it's the gate yeah. or a timing system or whatever. And, you know, you get like last time, for instance, in November, we had 17 states and two countries come to Coder, which blew my mind. But if those guys don't have a good time or something happens that's out of my control, that I don't know how to fix a timing system. I'm not a track mm-hmm. prep guy. But Chris is. Chris can do all those things. You know, even though we're renting these tracks and they have the facility and the personnel to do it, having someone like Chris with 20 years of experience of running drag tracks is so beneficial. So, you know, with him being on board with Javier and I, that's why I'm ambitious enough to think eight to 10 events next year is doable. You know, we we definitely do Texas. We may do two in Texas, uh, for sure, Oklahoma. We want to do one possibly down in like the Georgia, Alabama, Florida area. We're going to do Arizona. I want to do a Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Washington one. And I think like an Iowa, Indiana, or Michigan one needs to happen as well as Pennsylvania. So yeah. like I've got, I've got a lot of notes in my house and I've got, you know, a bulletin board and I've got these goals. And that's one thing I've always done in my life is I've set goals. And so far, so far in my life, I've always obtained them. 
So like I'm yeah. a very goal oriented person. So I've got these goals set. Um, I know Javier does, and we're really trying to make the King of the Open Road a, a nationwide brand. You know, kind of like my buddies Chase and Justin did with Streetcar Takeover. You know, yeah. I knew those guys before Streetcar Takeover, and you know they went to Texas 2K and kind of got bit by that you know style of event for a bug, and you know they ran with it. And now look where Streetcar Takeover yeah. is. It's the premier, you know, weekend drag racing event in the country. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to make King of the Open Road. We're not trying to be a sick week. We're not trying to be a Rocky Mountain Race Week or Drag Week. We want, like you said, to do a regional event that's a three-day that gets people hooked on this style of racing. So then they can go try their hands at a sick week, race week, drag week, whatever it may be. And, you know, every year we just try to grow this King of the Open Road deal. Do I think, you know, more than 10? Uh, I don't know. That's pretty ambitious. You know, one a month would would be pretty rough. But I think it's very doable. And man, I'm going to do what I can and use my resources to make sure more people can enjoy the style of racing. Yeah, we, we appreciate that for sure. It would be crazy to think that there's going to be 30 something events next year. Bring right. it on. Yep. <laughs> we never we thought we'd have had 27 this year. Who knows? Yeah, the, the explosion of the drag and drive culture is just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, 2019 is when I did Rocky Mountain Race Week. There wasn't yep. that. You know, then you start doing this drag and drive addiction thing and it's grown so much for you and, and you're such an advocate and you push for this style of racing, which is awesome. Thank you for that. You know, with without people like you, promoters like me and other guys, you help us so much because you introduce so many more people and you give us a spot that we can go and express our views on our events and the fans can listen to them and then hopefully get pumped up for our events. So thank you for doing yeah. this. Yeah, dude. Heck yeah, man. All the time. Well, um, I know everybody's, that has seen your stuff in the past. We, we want to know about the street outlaw thing. I mean, I think that's probably a, a, a good question, isn't it, Eric? <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how was that experience? You know, um, what are some things you took away from it that, uh, that'll make it better on the next one? For those who don't really know me, I've been around that stuff since before the TV show. You know, I'm not a guy that was chasing clout or chasing the fame of the show. I had a genuine interest in doing that. You know, I was a lot mm-hmm. younger. 2008 or nine, I didn't have a fast car, but chief and Sean and Dave and all those guys, they allowed me to run security for them. And, uh, you know, we talked about this on the show, but it didn't make TV, which is fine. Um, but you know, I paid my dues per se. I earned my stripes with those guys, keeping them in handcuffs, you know, shit, 10, 20 times a year. So, uh, you know, I got to know those guys kind of earned their respect. And of course they all kind of razzed me for having a 3000 GT, not really their cup of tea. And, uh, you know, I always was interested in trying to do it. And then, you know, 2011 rolled around, TV show happens. And uh, at the beginning of it, Chief told me, look, look, we need, you know, new blood, new cars, whatever. Go build your Supra and I'll give you a shot at the list. I was like, okay. Well, obviously I didn't have, you know, the income I do now or the relationships I do now. So it took me about two years to build the car to run sevens. You know, it still took a ton of money. It literally took every cent I had to get that car to that level. Well, by the time that happened, it was 2014 or 15, cars went from running 480 to 520 on the street to 14s. You know, <laughs> the show had exploded and, you know, everybody's running 481Xs. I mean, it, things got out of control. So I had built this car and Chief told me, he's like, hey, you can you can have a shot at the list. We'll do a round robin. But man, I didn't want to go on TV and make a fool of myself. And so like, I knew like I had nothing for those guys. My car go, went at the time 480s on a track. But doing that on a small tire on the street, I mean, that's a whole nother ball game. So yeah. I just stayed in my lane. You know, we we took the car, we raced World Cup, and you know, we got faster. Then 2019, I won Outlaw Armageddon in the car. You know, a 91 car domestic field. You know, the biggest no prep in the world. 
and we took a little 180 cubic inch import and we won it. And that was a pretty big deal. And we realized that obviously a track doing no prep is different than the street, but we were going high fours, low fives on a no prep surface in a six owner. So I was like, man, you know, it'd be really cool if we got a shot to do street outlaws again, but it was just unrelatable, unrelatable to me. You know, some guys can maybe relate to that, but 4,000 horsepower pro mods in the street. I ain't got nothing for that. I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And so it kind of, to me, the show had evolved, obviously, like they wanted to be faster, but it got to the point where the average Joe Blow public, in my opinion, wasn't watching in as months. The yeah. ratings had dropped and it just kind of got stagnant. It was the same 10 guys racing the same races. So, you know, the thing happened with Chief. He got whatever happened. I'm not going to touch base on that. So he's off the show. Well, Sean Murder Nova became the guy. And so January of last year, Sean and I are pretty tight. He called me. He's like, look, I'm the race master now. We're going back to our roots. We're going back to where this all started. Real deal, metal glass street cars. You have to drive to the road. No big tires, 28-10-5. The rules were very, very loose. Basically, it was yeah. no slick if it's all-wheel drive. You have to have like a like a drag radio, but really it wasn't any drag radio. It was like a Mickey Thompson SS drag radio. That was like one of the rules. They wanted the exhaust to be exiting out of the back. A few of the cars got away with it, but it was the first season, right? They wanted full interior, no Lexan, no one-piece front ends, no altered suspension, no four. You know, they, they wanted – we all know what a real street car is, right? Like if you yeah. have a car that's pretty badass and it runs, let's say, 650s in the quarter mile and it can do a drag and drive, it's probably still not a – I mean, you – People know what a street car is. I mean, you could, yeah. you could argue that to, to a blue in the face. I'm not going to go down that path, but that was the deal. They wanted real deal street cars, carpet, interior, real deal, power windows if it came equipped, blah, blah, blah. Well, they reached out to me and they're like, look, we know you're going to bring not 10 Fox bodies. You're going to bring some cool stuff. So I did. You know, I brought Miles Kerr with the world's fastest Integra. Aaron Lopez, one of the fastest all-wheel drive Civics in the world. We brought my Super. We brought my buddy Sean and Betty with the uh, Subaru STI. Um, I brought Felicia, which is a Dragon Drive person that I met on Dragon mm -hmm. Drive very well. The four-door rocket, Justin Mint Murtry with the Durango, you know, yep. Stacey Barnett from out. Ford uh, Durango, Ford Durango, Ford not a. Or, yeah, yeah. We brought <laughs> Stacy Barnett with, unfortunately, a Fox body, but he had a GTR, but it was a little too race. It had a Lexan and gutted interior. And then I brought my buddy Adam Pettis from, uh, from Florida with a, a very awesome 240Z car with a small block Ford, kind of weird. Um, small tire car, extremely fast on the track, but we had a we had a work cut out for us. We took a bunch of track cars, tried to go street racing, and like those guys that we were racing do this for a living, you know. Yeah. And so we we were a little outgunned on that deal, but we got the opportunity. And you know, I've got this. I've got asked this question a hundred times since the episode aired. Why didn't I race in race wars? Here's why. One of the rules was you could not have a funny car cage. No twenty five two. No twenty five three stuff. Like Justin McMurtry cut his cage out. Chuck Sightsinger cut his cage out. Wow. Aaron Lopez cut his cage out. A lot of guys cut the halo out of their cage to make it a 10 point, basically. And that was the rule. Well, I had a race coming up. I had World Cup finals coming up. And but my chassis shop is in Florida, which is where Real Street is. Profab does all my work. I told Sean, I was like, look, my car is really, really nice. I was like, I'm not cutting my cage out. And he's like, well, you're going to have to find another car to race. I'm like, man, I, 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 I have it, but it ain't going to be fast. So him and I kind of talked a little bit. He talked to the rest of the Street Outlaw guys, and we kind of came to agreement. Look, you can race your car um, on your episode, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. And we did, and we had a really good episode. And then we raced on a Wednesday night. The following Saturday, so 10 days away, was Race Wars. 
So Mike, rest in peace, he actually passed away. He was the producer. He calls me and he's like, look, you're in and you get to pick one teammate. So for, for race wars, and I'm like, okay, I pick Aaron Lopez. No brainer. And I'm like, we're going to race. And so he's like, okay, cool. So then Sean and Ryan called me and they're like, hey, it's you in the Civic? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Three hours later, they call me back. We picked up. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we forgot about your funny car cage. You can't race. I was like, mm. what? I was like, at this point, I was like, so, so into it and pot committed to this experience. I was like, I'll cut the bastard out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll cut it. They're like, we can't. Cause like, it was part of the storyline and like people seen it. And I'm like, oh my God, is this real life? Is this happening to me? And so I, you know, I, I didn't go off of favorites. I didn't go off anything. I went off my teammate who had the best record, which was Felicia. She went two and O and Aaron went two and O as well. So I put Felicia in my spot and the rest was history. And, uh, you know, that whole experience was amazing. And, you know, I took away a lot from it. Like to me, us winning, it was really cool. Like Aaron Lopez killed it. He was a, he was just unbelievable wheel man the whole time, just cutting great lights. But we earned the respect, I think, of a lot of people bringing imports to a street race full of old school domestic cars. Like Doc, like I love Doc. Like a lot of people don't like Doc. I love Doc. But he was, he came up to me like, you made me respect imports would i go buy a honda or a toyota no but i'd to respect them he's like i never thought those right. cars that fast you know dominator same way you know sean sean went to brazil with daddy dave a couple years ago and drove some opalas down there they were fast as hell like mid seven seconds like like they knew imports could be fast you know like lutz actually went to world cup finals this year and raced the quarter mile stuff out there and got beat by a two jay-z car like he knew those cars could be fast and so, like, some of the guys knew they could be fast, but some of the other guys, they're they're hardcore domestic American muscle. You know, I talked on another podcast with the Street Outlaw guy the other day about this, but the more I've thought about this, I don't think it's a, I hate imports. I think it's a, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. It's my generation of hot rods. Toyotas and Hondas weren't fast then. They were 40 miles per gallon of Econo boxes. Yep. I just don't understand how that four-cylinder can make 1,500 horsepower. You know, or I think about it, it really is. It's a generational thing. The guys that are 20, 30, like myself, I say that I'm 38 now, but we (laughs) grew up with the Fast and the Furious era. We had Paul Walker. Like, I'll be honest, that's what got me into cars. I wasn't a car guy. I was a golfer. And my dad bought me a 3000 GT and the rest was history. It was over after that. Yeah. He could have bought me a Camaro or a Mustang and I would have been like everybody else in Oklahoma. Right. But he didn't. He bought me a 3000 GT. We put purple lights on it put a fart can on it, it ran 15s and I raced everything. And it's what, it's just, it's just what it, what it was for me. And like I said, a yeah. lot of guys that grew up, you know, graduated high school from like 99 to probably 2010. That was our generation. We were import people. Yeah. And, um, you know, as time goes on, as all, time goes on, no manufacturers really making many cool fast cars because the EPA BS. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I think that we're experiencing a import boom right now. All those JDM cars are fetching just astronomical money. Supers are bringing three, four hundred thousand, and then Texas yeah. for one hundred and fifty grand. RX sevens are all selling between one hundred and one hundred and fifty grand for nice ones. All those cars are doing what muscle cars yeah. did twenty years ago. It's because That's guys right. like me or in this age demographic are in a position in life, hopefully, where you're making a little more money and you want the car from high school that you never could have. Yeah. I mean. That's I do. That's why I have so many cars. Find <laughs> yeah. stuff that I wanted from high school. And so, you know, the, to get back on topic about the street outlaw deal and the imports, like, I think that's what it is. They didn't like, they don't dislike us. They just don't get it. That's not what they grew up yeah. with. Cavells, 
Camaros and Mustangs and Malibus and Monzas. And, you know, that was their era of cars. And this is my era of cars. Do I respect all cars. I love them all. But yeah, like, I don't know. The Street Outlaw deal was awesome. And there's no official word if season two is going to happen. I keep hearing rumors July because they allowed a 45-day gap in the no prep king schedule, kind of like they did last year. But I was talking to one of the guys the other day, and I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's a rumor or true, but Warner Brothers bought Discovery Channel. So that changed things as far as, like, what shows are going to get bought, what they're going to film and all that. Because we all know, like, you know, they just got back from Australia. And we all know mm-hmm. that PK is their bread and butter. That is where they can go and show the biggest, fastest cars. The fans can come and watch. They can sell tickets. And it's, it's Street Outlaws bread and butter. And so, like... Yep. Hope we get a chance to do the streetcar deal. You know, it's not a guarantee that me or my team will be invited. You know, they may go pick another 10 completely random people, even though the Honda won it, you know, last year, which would be okay. It's not our TV show. But at the end of the day, like, there's a few people that thought some of the cars on my team were a little too race. Like Aaron's, you know, you know, Civic that won. They didn't like all the stickers down it. They didn't like a lot of the different things about it, but they've met the rules. And I'm sure the rules here, if it happens again, are going to be much more strict to keep cars like his out or maybe keep cars like my super out. But at the end of the day, every racer is going to bend the rules in that gray area to try to do what we do. And that's what we did. Like we took cars that fit the rules and they agreed to let us race and we grabbed the lane and, you know, every import won, (laughs) except for my went red against farm truck, but every import got a win, which to me was a, was a win in itself because We got you don't get a bigger stage than street outlaws to express or race your car on. Like there doesn't there's not a bigger stage. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I agree, man. Well, I, I want to say thank you for coming on tonight. I really do appreciate it. And obviously we're gonna I'm gonna be around your area throughout the year. So maybe I would love to have a, a sit down chat, bring yep. some two mics and do yep. let's just Come let's on. talk. Your your new garage <laughs> at your house is yep. just gangster, man. It's so yeah. nice. A lot of times put into that, we're about to pour another 50 yards of concrete on the outside of it to like clean it up. We're actually expanding it. And I'm getting four, four post lifts because of space. But yeah, like <laughs> 1320 is coming down to do their new uh, garage tour series on me in May 10th. So yeah, man, anytime, like come by, chat, we'll go, we'll go drive some of the cars around or whatever. Yeah. And for those of you guys listening, we do have a, a website now, kingoftheopenroad.com. So if you have any coder information, if you have questions or maybe about signing up or some of the class rules king of the has all of your information yep and then where can people follow you specifically because they can also find king of the open road on all, all social, social media, media instagram yep. king, facebook, of open road, king of the open road on facebook my personal stuff is jrod underscore okc on instagram and then jrod's garage on facebook and um, we do a lot of car content so if you guys like car stuff come check it out yeah. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's, that's a, it's a great channel to follow for sure. All right, dude. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you guys so yeah, much. Man. Yep. Have a good one. You too, brother. Thank you. What a fun guy, man. I'm going to tell you, he's one of my favorite people uh, within the, the whole community. He really does a, an amazing job explaining stuff. Uh, he is a great promoter. I mean, like you said, just with the swag packs and all that kind of stuff that goes into yeah. each event and, uh, and everything from there. It's, it's really amazing. And, for them to branch out, you know, you think about uh, for the guys that are at, at home and have never hosted an event, it's a big deal. It takes a lot of time, a lot of planning and to host events in completely different parts of the country. Now, I know Oklahoma City and uh, and the Texas aren't very far from each other, but they are completely different. And if you don't have somebody that's on site, 
that is uh, on the ground, it, it makes it difficult. You know, that's why the back to the streets, drag and drive, no prep drag and drive that I'm doing with Matt Lang and Jay Blanchard. You know, those guys live in Michigan. Those guys race at those tracks all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, him and uh, Jay, Jared and Javier, they're doing events in Tucson, Arizona and uh, in Texas. They don't, neither one of them live in either of those places. So right. I'm excited to see the, you know, are, are we back to the gold rush? Are we push, go West young man, go West, you know, to, to get folks out into the, you know, the Western part of the States, because there's a, a lot of events. There's five events in the Carolinas this year. You know, you got four events of like street and eat and Carolina drag crews doing two a piece. And then drag week is going through there. There's not a bunch in, in Texas. There's not definitely not any. I think there's one now in Arizona. So yeah. Huge plus. I think it's crazy that, that he, he can do eight to 10 events. Like, like yeah. you're mentioning, it's a, it takes a lot to put them on, and um, it'd be really cool to see. And uh, I really like some of the ideas he's got. You know, like he was mentioning yeah. the token, and like you said, the swag bag. And I think he, uh, I think he's really bringing some cool, unique aspects that uh, some of the yeah. other events don't have. So it'll be cool to see if he's able to pull that off, and and how many yeah. events he could put on. Yeah, eight events would be a lot. Two event, two regional events that I'm planning is a lot, and I don't know if yeah. Matt Lang's in the chat, but uh, man, that guy has uh, he's put in a ton of time with the back to the streets, and you know the circuit has eaten up, or not eaten up, but has consumed a lot of my life, you know, the last couple of weeks and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty wild to think about what is available to racers now you have events all over the country and it's only going to get better you know i saw somebody say uh, dragon drive has exploded and i yeah. think it goes back to what he was saying is that there is a lot of opportunity people want to do this they want to i think once you have some veterans that once you do an event you're like i want to do every event that i can get a hold of where right. like dustin coddle actually i had said earlier only one person did or four people did four events well dustin coddle actually did five events in 2022 with doing two of the king of the open road events so yeah. you know that's a guy that that does drag week and rocky mountain does every other regional event that's close to him you know he lives in tulsa so the coder events he did the circuit last year he's doing it again this year uh, in the unlovable or his brother, Matt, is an unlovable. And then Dustin is bringing out the other white love truck. So, you know, he's going to actually run two truck, two of his trucks at the same event. So, yeah, be and I don't, both of them. But and I don't think a lot of people realize that there there's events out there that still have spots available. So yep. if you haven't got into an event yet, there's there's multiple events that still have yep. open spots. Well, and it's like, um, you know, Heads Up Hustle, I think, has a few spots. I, I didn't mention them earlier in that little segment, but uh, Heads Up Hustle, I think, has a few spots. King of the Open Road has a few spots. There, Those events are both open right now for yeah. registration. And then you have, you know, the circuit. We're technically sold out. I was going to say this earlier, but I would sure hate to turn anybody away on day of. So the only way that I'll turn people away on April 14th is if we are at max capacity for the track that the track has allowed. So uh, I'm not going to give that number. So if you intend to show up, uh, we actually had somebody unfortunately hurt their ankle right before this show started. They had sent me a message saying, Hey, I'm not going to make it because they're not going to be well enough in time to make the, to walk 
as much as they would need to be. So, you know, there's things like that happening. There's people that are literally still building cars. Nico Cristoferi right now is putting his $1,200 challenge car together still, you know, and he's got to drive from uh, Denver, Colorado to here 700 miles. So we have well, several people coming in from six or seven, 800 miles away to, to one race at a new track. That's another big benefit to the drag and drive community and racers is that it gives you a reason to go to new interesting tracks to go to different parts of the country and things like that and uh, eric hasn't experienced yet but i'm telling you there's nothing like pulling into a restaurant and seeing cool cars and walking in and it literally being all of your race car friends right everybody that you see everybody that's ordered a beer or ordered a hamburger at a restaurant they're your friends. You can go up and talk to them and all that kind of stuff. So pretty, pretty neat deal. I'm um, just going to, I'm just going to put a sticker on that says, hi, my name's Eric and let everybody come say hi. Talk. I'm, I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, it, it changed my life and it will change yours for sure. I say that all the time, but uh, it really has, it really gives you a ton of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there for people that maybe are shy that can, uh, talk to people about cars because we all know we can all talk about cars and this gives you a good reason. That's another benefit to hosting a cruise night, a long stop route stop is because it gives a chance for some of the local hot rodders to come out and actually see some of the stuff. Because if you think about it, cars that are driving during the day, somebody sees a cool car. Oh, wow. That was cool. Pulling a trailer. Oh, that's neat. You know, and they drive onto their work if they're on lunch. Well, then Two hours later, see another cool car. Well, with this, you know, those, I mean, we have more than a thousand people interested in the cruise night. So, you know, I said 400 spots earlier. I hope those people aren't listening tonight because like we're going to fill the entire parking lot. So they've sectioned off a certain area that we're going to have to be in. And it's going to be hard because it's going to hopefully be a beautiful Saturday night. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what we're fingers crossed when you're doing good for the world. Hopefully things uh, uh, do that. Uh, drag week selling out in seconds definitely makes you think twice about entering other events. Yeah. These yep. other events are open, so they're not all selling out like drag week, you know, drag week and, and some of those bigger ones, they're the, they're the OGs, they're the originals. Those are always yep. going to sell out, but these other events are going to be just as much fun and, and spots are available. Yeah. And one of the biggest things too, for, you know, events selling out and things like that, like we're going to see a little bit of a decline in that because there are so many events available now, but you know, drag week took up to 45 minutes now. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Jay Blanchard said sick week was three new tracks for him. Mocan is new for him. And then two tracks are new for Midwest drags and then all new tracks at drag week. So, you know, that's a guy that they're coming to the circuit. Their, their trip is like 730 something miles or 760 miles. We were actually talking about it in a group chat today because the company, my brother runs and does all the work on that. I do the social on uh, Narcoleptic customs. We're doing the long haul award for the event. And we're actually going to figure out what the gas cost is going to be for that racer to get back home and uh, we're going to put that in cash in their pocket so so you know yeah. 700 miles i don't know if we were planning for a 250 dollar award but uh you know hey you got to get back home and i think that helps so yeah. i think what's going to be really cool moving forward is you're going to see some of these racers like jared that want that neat stuff you know that that think about things a little differently that are going to bring some really interesting topics and thoughts to these dragon drive events yeah and Jay, I was talking to him on his post. Uh, 
he's up in Michigan. So we'll be coming very uh, similar paths on our way down. Yeah. So um, Good. granted, they'll be in a race car and I'll be in a rental car. Mine will be a little more comfortable, but <laughs> well, I told no, I'm, sure, if, I'm sure they're going to tow that thing. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I told him if I, if I pass him on the interstate, I'll wave uh, ambitiously at him. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah. A lot of people want local and won't drive a longer distance. That's, that's true, Danny. That is, uh, that's for sure. And I think these regional events, again, like we said with Jared on, these events are going to be ones that will bring more people to the community. So a lot of people get nervous about the, you know, saturation and things like that. But if you look at the country, well, the, the picture that we have for the, uh, for the Dragon Drive event is full of stars everywhere, right? right. If you look at that, there's still a ton of space that is unused that has drag strips. And I think the push for a lot of eighth mile stuff is going to be good for the smaller eighth mile tracks. I think we're going to see some, um, uh, Jay says 773 miles at <laughs> 12 and a half miles a gallon. Yeah. So 250 bucks, uh, we'll just about get them home. So, that's exciting. We're going to do that in a little trophy uh, for those guys coming that far. It's it's a, it's a big accomplishment, and you know certainly appreciated for for every event. You know, Jared had Rob Courtney and the Black All Wheel Drive Civic come from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma City last year. That was a fun time, and it and it allowed me to meet Rob, who I saw again at. Uh, I think I saw him again at drag week and then again at sick week too. So you just end up creating this huge, you know, race car friends group of people that anytime you go anywhere, you're going to be able to find somebody that, you know, from some other event, but with as much on the road travel as I'll be doing this year and everyone else is doing this year, there's generally going to be somebody within a hour radius of you that could come save you if you're on the side of the road with your family. You know, that's, it's not just race car friends. It's literally all friends, you know, race car people are good folks. So. Yeah. And since I've started helping you out with all this, I mean, I've met a ton of people that are within four hours of me, you know? Yeah. So just that's, I think that's what I like the most about all this is being able to meet people with, with similar interests. Like you say, we can all talk about cars yeah. and uh, you know, you know, back in the day, pre-internet, you know, this is what you did with people in your own town, but now, um, like for me, I'm getting the chance to meet people all over the country that have the same car interests and racing interests. And that's, that's, you know, the podcast, the drag and drive stuff, all of it. That's, that's what I really enjoy is, it's just getting to meet everybody and, and, and having fun. Yeah, that's for sure. So, you know, Adam Dory here, the voice of Rocky Mountain Race Week, <laughs> says Ozark, uh, probably talking about Ozark Raceway Park, was one of the most fun tracks I've been to. And then MAD, which is Mid-America Dragway, uh, in a tiny town in Kansas. <laughs> Y'all, there's not, uh, there's a restaurant in uh, wherever that city is for MAD, uh, Gangster Little Tracks or the Jam. It, it was an old World War II pilot training area because they needed to be middle of the country. They could get anywhere, all that kind of stuff, but it has turned into one of the, just a cool, you know, I'm not going to say outlaw track cause it's not an outlaw track, but uh, just a really cool facility. It, the closest town is Ponca city, Oklahoma, and it's like 35 miles from it. And I, I'm telling you, I think we had to drive to Ponca to get parts uh, from AutoZone for the cart that we were having, to, we were changing transmission fluid there uh, in the dark 
at the end of the track, it was, it's an intense uh, time. People don't understand the the race week life you live. So I've messaged right. Jesse Fox. Hopefully he's going to jump on in just a minute. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's thank one of our sponsors, dude. How about that? Yep. Let's, let's thank Molly Motorsports. Molly Motorsports is the official piston of dragondrive.com. Molly's power pack piston is the perfect candidate for your drag and drive car. Molly Motorsports competes in drag and drive events and supports our community. Project manager Eric Grillio raced a 10-second stick shift Nova at Hot Rod Drag Week 2022. He's also competed in Rocky Mountain Race Week last year with his C10 truck. Visit mollymotorsports.com for the most recent line of products. I love our friends at Molly. You know, Eric Grillio is a really, he's a long time drag and drive racer. And those guys, when they were on, you know, whenever we made the announcement a couple months ago, them coming on board, you know, they are, his level of knowledge of stuff is so intense that uh, it's almost overwhelming. And I was thinking about it uh, earlier today. There are actually Molly Pistons in the, that new uh, Demon 170 or whatever it's called. So that's yep. pretty cool that, you know, they're not only, helping us racers do race car stuff, but it is, uh, yeah, the, um, they also help, you know, manufacturers and OEM stuff. That's probably where they get most of their R and D done. Really. Um, Eric Carroll was, uh, can you go back to his? Yeah. Matt was a crazy track. It really was the sketchiest shutdown. They actually changed it that after dark, they went to eighth mile racing for the fast cars and used your previous day's back half numbers to uh to finish out your your time slip it's it was pretty wild it, it was a great track and, and then um, uh yeah adam well, says it was uh it was badass from the air conditioned tower <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was warm it was it was warm out there and that's what's great you know um race week is moving back to the end of september first part of october this year so that'll be kind of cool to see the the weather and we're going to be in the mountains. So I don't know when it starts snowing in, uh, out there, but Steven's driving the MG. I'm sure I'll be in the, the uh, dragon drive pursuit rig, which I'm getting some decals done up pretty soon. So hopefully we'll have, I don't know if I'll have them done by the, by the circuit, but, uh, definitely yeah. after that, well, I see Jesse's here in the back. So yeah. let's bring him on. He is on site. Guys, this is Jesse Fox hey of 3G Video. What's up, man? Can you hear us? I'm hoping my internet connection is good enough that this actually works. Street and Eat is going really well. Um, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, it's been it's been a good time. We've had a lot of good cars out here. We've been able to get to know a lot of the drivers and get some good stories. Uh, we had one that was actually swapping over an ECU and complete wiring harness uh, last night, which was pretty crazy to witness. Um, they got they were going crazy. We had one that dropped some wheels off. The trailer fell off. The wheels were bouncing down the road. They don't know where they went. Um, they kept on driving. They didn't even know they lost them until later. Uh, had to find some new tires and such. So there's definitely been some struggles for some of the drivers. Uh, we had the blue Corvette. If you guys are watching along, uh, the blue Corvette dropped a couple of valves today and is out. So we've had some some casualties of the cars, but. It's been a really, really good time, and a lot of people have been pushing through and making a lot farther. So, Dang. Well, <laughs> that was fun while it lasted. Uh, I want to say thanks to him. I know it is so hard to jump into you know, providing content while you're on the road like that. So that'll be another thing we'll work on during uh, your visit to Six Summer and me being at Summit Racing Autocross Week. So. Another thing I was just going to mention with Adam in here uh, for the people watching and listening um, if you haven't checked out, he has a automotive podcast going as well. 
um, been watching the the first few episodes uh, as he goes live, and uh, it's been really good. So uh, yeah. that's cool. Drink is the name of that. He is, from what I can tell, going through the history of race Rocky Mountain Race Week. He's had, of course, Matt Frost on. He's had Dar Laws on last week, and then um, Zach. Uh, deckage on I think the week before that and he's got somebody on great today yeah Adam Dorsey says he has Cole Reynolds on Friday and then Carlos Astor next week which guys I don't know if you know Carlos I've talked about him in the past on some of the other videos he's an animal brings out a you know not a new car but a new combo just about every year so really a, a neat dude and Carlos is one of the very few racers that have attended every single Rocky Mountain event that has been out there. Now, he hasn't finished very many of them, but uh, he has definitely been out there and attempts and they are, you know, roadside repairs, getting that car to the next track and all that kind of stuff. So they're one of our great friends at the the 301 Streetcars group. This is this is kind of cool. He says he's going to try to get every driver that did uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week 2015. He's got Joe Barry, Larry Larson, and Alex Taylor back to back to back in a couple weeks. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Those are some some yeah. good names too. Yeah, what's really cool is Drag Week 2014 really changed a lot for a lot of people. You know, that was the, Matt went, and a lot of those people were there. And then you know, Matt created Rocky Mountain, and a lot of those people followed. And it's pretty neat to think that you know, Drag Week obviously created our community, but then. Drag Week also spawned other events, you know, because people were there and uh, maybe didn't enjoy it as much as they thought and decided they would do one of their own. Adam, too, if you need some thumbnails or anything for some episodes, let me know. Um, I can probably help out with a little bit of that, too. Uh, Eric does all of ours for the for the shows and does a great job. So certainly appreciate him on that. Having Eric as a teammate has helped really a ton. Um bring you guys more and better content. And dude, after our conversations today, it's only going to get better. It's going to be th this next few months, everything just keeps getting better and better and better. So uh, yeah. we, we intend to, to keep that role going. I do want to say um, we're excited to have the team at Sweet Patina on board as our Built for Dragon Drive sponsor for 2023. I promise I'm getting out and about uh, very soon for on-site you know, interviews and things like that, like we did with Jonathan Stonecipher. Um, and congratulations to them again for getting the for being brought into the Summit Racing uh, family for for all their stuff. Well, perfect. Well, dude, I think that's uh, I think that's our show. Little yeah. little early tonight, but uh, that's yep. all right. Yep, yep. I'm uh, we're still reeling from the weekend, trying to trying to catch up on some sleep and stuff. It was not at all a uh, a normal sleep weekend for <laughs> sure, and I obviously got behind a little bit on some of the work that we're doing. So I've been up late. Uh, at the house again and up early in the mornings, kind of burning the candle, trying yeah. to get back caught up and uh, all the stuff. Again, the circuit next weekend, I'm, I'm so anxious about it and so ready. Now, I know you guys haven't seen any updates for Southeast Street Neat to the lists or anything like that. That is because Southeast Street Neat does not publish their racer uh, ETs until the final day. So that's really a neat turn of events uh, for those guys. So you really don't know where you are in your class standings until the final day. And I don't know if they make them public before the final day of racing or if it's uh, if it's at the end, like maybe it's a surprise for the awards. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. So uh, we'll obviously have those 
after the events are published or, uh, or Laura and Devin email them to me, we'll break those down. We'll be adding lists to dragondrive.com, the 2023 stats. So you'll have, you know, national 235, national 275 plus eighth mile lists will be added from the, uh, from the Southeast street. Meet. And we're building, obviously there's been no reason to post the, I survived a dragon drive list. So we're going to wait until after the rush, probably through, maybe before King of the Open Road or uh, or just after it, before the other two events, or maybe we'll do it in July right after Summit Racing Midwest drags because then we can do it, and then you run into the second half of the season. So um, so the other thing, too, is uh, we're figuring out the podcast, so I've been dropping the podcast over on my channel right now on Motorsports Paparazzi. That's on Amazon Music and uh, Spotify and all those. We'll see what we end up doing going forward. But uh, for yeah. people that like to listen to the podcast, we've been we've been talking a lot about podcasts and we're working on getting those um, probably just in one spot because, you know, Mike and I have yeah. talked and, and motorsports paparazzi's paparazzi is probably not the right place for them. So um, you guys can look for that coming soon. Yeah, we uh, we do have some on all of the major networks or uh, apps for the Dragon Drive Addiction brand. It's uh, under dragondrive.com or Dragon Drive Podcast. So you can find them there. Go ahead and get subscribed and uh, review and all that kind of stuff. It is a little bit older because I just haven't had time to edit down the videos or the audio from these. And Eric cracks the whip on me, not just putting out subpar audio content uh he's fine with me doing subpar video content like tonight <laughs> <laughs> but um subpar audio he is he is not into so um we keep each other on that yeah, yeah we, we keep each other in line and making sure we're putting out the best stuff we can yeah and one of the big things so i'm a huge podcast listener so the automotive podcast genre is really growing there are a lot of opportunities out there for us but there's a lot of options for you know, guys, that if you're going to be driving to an event, you can jump on and and listen to a podcast the entire way you get there. So, you know, if we can do that with the, I think this is our 14th live stream for the Dragon Drive show, and again, we have another six or eight that are 10 or 15 that are Dragon Drive news for the year, plus all the stuff I did last year. So, um, it's been been a pretty wild year, and then I'll again be bringing all a lot of the stuff from my Narcoleptic Customs. Uh, drag and drive interviews over to the dragondrive.com and drag and drive addiction pages. So, yeah, pretty yeah, we fun. Just, Looks we like. just got to get you going back on TikTok again, and then I'll, I'll, I won't have anything to pick on you about after that. <laughs> yep. Um, that's what I'm intending to grab is a ton of content from the circuit. That's been my biggest struggle is I was trying to grab so much content from sick week because I was only going to be down there two days. So, you know, yeah. now we'll have the circuit and a ton of, phone content that I can grab uh, that way. And that allows me to post to the uh, drag and drive TikTok page. So they always do well over there. And it's one of the best ways for, you know, organic reach and, and all that for people to find you, because I mean, the more people we can have find this, uh, the better. Yeah. And then, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. A Adam Dory says super fun and sorry. Sometimes if he has to move his stuff to Wednesdays, no disrespect. Yeah, no problem. Um, I try and do Thursdays or Fridays if possible, but I'm trying to be as flexible with the racers time as possible. That's exactly right. We try and try and lock in Wednesdays simply because we, we need a consistent schedule. Sometimes it doesn't work for us and moving forward will be 
most likely recording some of the segments with people, uh, with, you know, manufacturers and sponsors and racers. And then we'll play those while we are here. So, uh, oh, here we go. Jerry Sweet said he got his case of Sweet Patina TKO hand cleaning wipes. They are awesome. That is for sure. I actually have them sitting right here. I should have brought them out earlier. If you don't have these, you need to. They are a, they're a great addition to a shop. You know, we don't have running water here in the shop. So we I have to have something because I can't go grabbing the door handle at the house and using the nice towels inside that hang on the uh, oven. You can't use those for your hands from the shop. So Right. And then Eric Carroll says, uh, will you be at Coder this year? Yes, that is the plan. Uh, it's to be at both of the Coder or to be definitely at Coder in May in Oklahoma City and then at Coder in Ennis for sure. Coder in Tucson may be a little difficult simply because of the timing. It is late September and with back to the streets, no prep Dragon Drive in Michigan the last weekend of September 1st you know, right into the, it's like September 29th to October 1st at uh, Milan in Michigan. So then my plan is to drive to Kansas City, fly to Detroit, do the event, fly back to Kansas City, and then drive to Great Bend, Kansas to <laughs> meet up with all of my race week friends and then go on into the mountains from there. So Nice. Uh, Adam says he's got that same plan. He's got a couple yeah. of pre-recorded just in case. I'm going to be leaving what next next Thursday mm -hmm. to drive down for the circuit. So I'll have a what did I say nine hour drive. So yeah. I'll be I'll be looking for podcasts to listen to to keep me entertained. Yeah, and it's currently just on YouTube uh, on the Adam Dory YouTube channel. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. Drink. <laughs> well well search done for, well done search for adam dory yeah 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 search for adam dory on uh, on youtube well it looks like jesse is struggling we will have him back on um maybe i can have him on saturday morning and uh and discuss his time there all right guys thank you so much for watching tonight again i really appreciate it. you can find anything and everything just type in drag dash in dash drive on every social media platform you you can have and then eric tell them where to find you Yep, you can find me 815 LSX swaps. That'll be all the LS swap content of my builds and all the LS swap uh, vehicles that we record. Motorsports Paparazzi is going to be all my photos on Facebook. Uh, created a website, motorsportspaparazzi.com. Uh, that is available right now. Just getting that going. And uh, Motorsports Paparazzi YouTube and podcast. Uh, yep. So we'll be back, what, Saturday morning for Dragon Drive yep. News. Then we'll be back for another episode next Wednesday, and then we will yep. be at the circuit. Yeah, I'm excited. Wednesday night is Engine Builder Magazine editor Greg Jones. So that's going to be kind of cool to hear his thoughts, you know, because he's been there a long time. So it'll be interesting to hear what he thinks about the Dragon Drive movement and what that will mean for engine building and you know, what people are looking for, what changes, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about in the past with other manufacturers, you know, Andy Starr and um, John at Delta PAG were both great interviews because they gave us an opportunity to listen to, you know, what it takes for longevity, not just your fastest pass, but, but longevity as well. So I right, guess, yep. thank you very much. We will, uh, we will see you very, very soon. Oh, nope. <laughs> Sorry. I see him popping in there, but we're not going to yep. do it. Yeah. I right, guess. All right. See you. See ya. Bye.